Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. What's up, Montana? Welcome back in to Nuanez Now. You're listening in on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. If you're watching on statewide SWX Montana Television, you see an empty studio. It's because we're not there. We're still in Indianapolis. Our tournament takeover continues. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, riding with me, Coulter Nuanez. We do this each and every Monday through Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. right here on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Well, thanks so much for listening. We've had a great time so far. It's been a whirlwind weekend. But it's been a lot of fun. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, we have the Montana Basketball Hour, which we do each and every Monday. We're going to pivot that to the Montana Football Hour starting next week, but still plenty of hoops to talk about. We talked all about the Big Sky Conference in the NCAA Tournament, talked about Eastern Washington and their hard-fought, uh, I guess, loss, you can say, to Kansas. But a great effort by Eastern Washington. We also talked Idaho State women. They fell in the first round of the NCAA Women's Tournament to Kentucky. Uh, it was eight-point losses on each side, so good representation for the Big Sky Cowboys. We talked about just the uh, history of results, especially on the men's side. And where do Montana Montana State stack up with the current Big Sky Conference champions in both men's and women's basketball? We also talked about a lot of the Montana connections in this tournament. If you heard there in the Sports Center, Wayne Tinkle former Montana player and head coach. He leads Oregon State into the Sweet 16 for the first time since 1982. So congratulations to Tinks and his family. We were there live and in person at Hinkle Fieldhouse last night, and what an atmosphere. What a great arena. 
and what a fun experience to watch Wayne Tinkle win. I think probably the most fun was watching his family from across the arena. I think Jocelyn Tinkle was a little Big Sky alum, former Stanford Cardinal. She was probably the loudest person in the arena. She tweeted after the show, it was the greatest night of her life, and I don't think she's lying. I think that's true. So congratulations to the Tinkles and their family. Huge wins for Oregon State into the Sweet 16. We also talked about a bunch of other Montana connections from around this tournament as well. Now it's time to talk a little bit, not so much basketball, but we're going to talk a little bit more Grizz football. By the way, coming up later on uh, in the show, we're going to hear from Tanner Groves as well. He is Eastern Washington's redshirt junior big man, a career-high 35 points against Kansas. So that will be coming up about 5.30. But right now we're going to go outside the box and talk a little bit of football. Bobcats start spring football tomorrow, so we'll get in a little bit of that as well. We're still trying to decide. We'll, have, we'll let you know by the end of the show what our stats for tomorrow's show is. we got our flights moved around, so we're going to have uh, be on a plane during showtime. But... We might be able to pre-record the show. We're still trying to work out those details, but we let, we'll let you know by the end of Nuanas now right now at what the show is going to be. We talked some Grizz football uh, in recent weeks, or I, I guess in the last couple of weeks, several times uh, leading up, and now the Grizz are in the middle of spring football. The Bobcats, they're going to start spring football tomorrow. So give you a little bit about the Cats in a minute, but want to continue our talk about the spring for the Grizzlies. They do have two games on the schedule. I don't expect Montana State to put any games on the schedule. We talked a lot of, about quarterbacks and offensive linemen uh, yesterday, or I guess it would have been Friday. I, I don't even know what day we're on now that we've been here for uh, a couple awesome days filled with basketball. I guess that's what happens when you go to what? What were we on, Riley? Ten games in the last four days? We're going to hit 14 by the time it's all said and done? we got to do it. I mean, go big or go home, right? But, yeah, tw- 12 down as of uh, right now during the show, and might as well go hard and uh, hit up two more for the final night. So 14 will be the final total. That's why I bring Riley because he can count. I can't count. Um <laughs> The we talked quarterbacks, we talked offensive line, we talked a little bit tight end as well. I want to I want to direct this in a couple different ways though. I want to talk. How do we replace Dante Olson? I want to talk transfers. I want to talk freshmen. So we'll start with the biggest question the Grizzlies have on the defensive side of the ball. Dante Olson had, uh, if you weren't paying attention, close to a million tackles. I think the last two years. Uh, he basically averaged 12 tackles per game for two full seasons, which is an amazing number. Um, he Did he break Montana's all-time tackle record? Not all-time. So Single season twice, and he got into like the top five in tackles, even though he's only basically a two-year starter. Right, and then, then the whole, and we're, we'll get into this too, but the whole playoff aspect too, whether those stats count or not. So it really is up in the air. I tell you what, and you know this too, you talk to Grizz alums, they have a totally different thinking of what the record book actually is, um, considering playoff stats were added. Uh, long, long story short, Robbie Houck is on is on pace to break um, the record for tackles there. So that, that'll be interesting to watch the last couple years. But uh, we'll get into this linebacker discussion. I'm curious, though, too, when we're talking tackles and stats and all of those things, with the scheme that Montana plays defensively, you can do a great job of explaining how everything kind of funnels towards the middle there and whoever plays Dante Olson's position as well as Robbie Houck's position, too. So that, that's a factor in all of this as well. But linebacker is going to be an interesting discussion. Can't wait to dive in. Well, that's that's actually an interesting point, and we go away from we go off uh, a little bit here. But Montana, the scheme that they run currently, what what they have run the the first couple years here under Bobby Houck and Kent Bear, 
it is a it, it, it emphasizes and accentuates modern football because you have a basically what is an almost permanent three safety look. You can get a lot of linebacker slash strong safety type bodies onto the field at once. Conventional wisdom then says you have more speed on the field. You also then uh, you can play against spread offenses a little bit easier. You don't have to rotate out a nickel guy because they basically play a rover who's like a permanent nickel linebacker like Josh Sandry played the last couple years. It's also easier to recruit a lot of those linebacker safety bodies at the FCS level. All that's to say, though, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors that Montana runs in their scheme to make up for some of their deficiencies. They didn't think they were that good up front when they first took the job. Bobby Houck told me the very first day of spring ball when he first took the job that our issues are on the lines, depth at linebacker, depth at safety. And they hammered it, and they said it over and over and over and over and over and over again. Well, I think now that they... I think they knew that they were they could build the scheme because they were going to bring in some talented safeties for, as transfers, including Robbie Houck, including uh, Gavin Robertson from um, Arizona, including Reed Miller, who was a graduate transfer from Arkansas. And I think they also knew that they had a couple good players, too, guys like Josh Sandry already in the program. I guess what I'm getting at is I wonder how much the scheme evolves because at the same time, it is a really unique scheme. I think it does give them some systematic advantages, especially when teams can't really figure it out early and then they can start lighting you up with all the pressure. But if you know Coach Howell and you know his DNA, he actually likes to play a lot more of a – vanilla makes it sound makes it sound like demeaning, but it's not a vanilla defense. He just likes to play a base look because Montana forever – they always had guys that could just put their hand in the dirt and beat you off the edge. So they didn't need to blitz. They could just get Croy Bierman and Mike Murphy and guys like that coming at you. That's what Coach Halka said a lot. You know, If we had Mike Murphy, we wouldn't have to be running a different uh, unorthodox scheme. So I guess my question is, though, do you feel like this scheme has a chance to evolve? Because I do think they've made some really good additions at corner, which could help them. I think they. W- what I'm saying is, I think they could get away from a lot of the different. Uh, I don't think they need to completely get away from it, but they relied a lot on a lot of inside linebacker blitzes, a lot of smokescreen type uh, stuff, and I just think that they could get my, back to more of a base look as they continue to develop. Because I think that their defensive front is the most underrated part of the team. I think their defensive front has a chance to be really good. I think so too. And this squad and this coaching staff in general. They do such a phenomenal job of fitting their scheme, I think, each year. And is the process of just evolving what they want to do, right? And what were the deficiencies? I think the biggest part through Coach Houck's last couple of years, he identifies the weakness, right? Yes. And then tries to make up for it in other areas, which is obviously phenomenal what other coaches do as well. But even- It's fascinating to see in the second iteration of Houck, too, because it's worth remembering when Bobby Houck first took the Montana job, Houck did a great job, but he also inherited the defending national champions. They were one year removed. I guess they had, in 2002 they hadn't won it, but they had gone to the national championship in 2000, 2001, and won it in 2001. So he inherited a team that was stocked full. So they didn't have to do a lot of this um, masking of deficiencies based on scheme. But to me, that's a, a great testament to his evolution as a coach because they've done a really good job on both sides of the ball of making up for it while they fill it in with, with, by recruiting more talent. Yes, and now you see the stable is getting uh, uh, more depth behind it when it comes to the front, right? We talked a lot last year. I think the defensive line, too, and we're, not to go off on a tangent, but I think the defensive line 
should get more credit than kind of what they are going coming into this year of the development that they've got with guys like McGowan. Um, Gubner now has become uh, always a folk hero in the locker room with all those interceptions, but nonetheless a solid player. When it comes to just the linebacking scheme in general, I think you have to also put into effect the secondary this year, right? The corners are, are so much better, and there's so much depth in that room now, um, despite the departure of C.J. Cox, to where you can fit your scheme a little bit better. And when we talk about the linebackers, guys that are going to be in the mix, Braxton Hill, someone that I am uh, really excited to see. I know that you've been following him his entire career. And isn't it funny, too, because I know last week on the show we talked Cole Grossman, right? These guys that gray shirt, do you, do you really, I guess the gray shirt, um, what am I trying to say here? Just the, the development and the success story of gray shirts, you don't see it as much. And we have the potential here on this Grizz football team to have a couple. So I don't know if there's any gray shirts that you can remember back in the day or whatever it might be um, of success stories. But we're seeing a couple of guys because Braxton Hill is my first name when we're talking about maybe diamonds in the rough here. The guys or Grizz fans haven't heard about yet. Um, um, with Grizzly football, he's someone, Asher Croy, also uh, pretty bold that he takes Dante Olson's number. I thought sure. I thought there might be a year break of number 33, Coulter, I mean, when you break all those records. But um, nonetheless, those are a couple guys that stand out to me. The gray shirt discussion, I guess I kind of went all over the place there for you to respond to. But uh, it's fascinating with how this, de- this defense has developed the last couple of years. Nuan is now 1029 ESPN, Missoula Statewide Television, SWX Montana. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, is with me, Coulter Nuanez. We are in Indianapolis. Plug it away. Uh, it's been a lot of hard work. We've been really sitting in arenas watching uh, basketball and eating popcorn. It's been just so strenuous. But it's been great to be here. And thanks so much for tuning in to Nuanez, now your favorite daily sports talk show. And the gray shirt rule, Coach Houck has actually used the gray shirt rule uh, ever since back to when I was in school. I remember Van Cooper was a great safety. Tyler Joyce, I believe, gray shirted as well because he had an in- a knee injury coming out of high school. Both those guys turned into really good players. Uh, at Montana. Uh, I think the inside linebackers, I think you're just, if you put tough, hard-nosed guys there, you're going to get production. I mean, Dante Olsen is a, he's a really good player, but his production was also accelerated by the spot that he was playing. I guess what I'm saying is you don't have to be as good and talented as Dante Olsen to have almost similar levels of production. I think Jace Lewis will be able to slide there and be that number one guy, and then I do think that's going to be Braxton Hill, Marcus Wellnell. What have you heard about Cale Edwards? Because he's a guy that he was one of the freshmen that initially popped to me uh, in in fall camp last year. He's a six foot five, two hundred forty pound kid out of Coraline, Idaho. Speaking of Tyler Joyce, he sort of reminds me of Tyler Joyce. He, he's that long guy. I, I wonder maybe if they want to play him more like off the edge than at the inside spot. But I know Coach Elk liked him when he was coming in. Have you heard anything about him, or how's he doing? You know, he he's in the mix right now. But uh, when you look at kind of the guys he's going to have to compete with, you've got a Patrick O'Connell. You have a Levi Janicaro. Um, so those guys are in the mix. I, I think what's so interesting about a guy like Kill Edwards, the athlete coming in, right? I mean, he was a quarterback. People, people forget that. And the size and the potential is there. I think that maybe the coaching staff and everyone right now is, is looking for that 
aha moment with Kale Edwards, right? Where maybe something pops um, along the lines of the development. And where do you normally see that? You see that on the special team side of things. Um, so I think I know the coaches like Kale Edwards, no doubt about it. But as far as um, maybe this is these spring games right here are his opportunity to kind of move up a little bit on the depth chart. But the guys right now he's competing with, and I think it's interesting the spot they've got him at, and you can talk a little bit to this as well, is they're putting him at the spot that is occupied by Patrick O'Connell, Levi Janicaro. I know that the, the, the Janicaros, the, the Garrett Graves of the world, they're so fascinating, right? Because we've talked about these position changes where Montana guys can fit in. And I think what's so exciting is that they can play multiple positions. And I guess what I'm getting at is you mentioned Kale Edwards. And usually the first thing that pops to mind is something I have on a spotter board, right? Like a, a one line that you kind of identify each player by something that's cool about him. But the fact he was a 6'5 quarterback in, in high school and led uh, Quarter Lane to a lot of success. Um, and someone that was the scout team player of the year. So attention to detail. How many times do we hear that with coaches? Ad nauseum, right? But attention to detail is someone that um, can absolutely come in and do what the coaches want. Defensive scout team player of the year. So um, I do think Kale Edwards can be in the mix and he's someone that is under the, the category culture of really taking advantage of the opportunity here in the spring because whether it may be by injury anything in between he will have more opportunities here in these two games than anything else well they're not gonna they're not gonna play Jace Lewis much I don't think I mean you already you kind of know what you got out of him you know he has taken a lot of of for lack of a better word I mean beating just be, just because he's played a lot of football I mean he's Jace Lewis is is a tough Sucker, don't get me wrong, but but he's not very big, and so you just gotta keep the wear and tear off of him because he is only about six one two thirty, maybe two thirty five. Um, I mean, he's certainly strong enough, explosive enough to play the position, but um, you just I think they'll try to keep as many reps off of him as they possibly can. I think so too. And one note, we got to correct ourselves because there's probably people driving around going, "What what the heck are you guys talking about?" When we're going about the playoff stats and everything in between, Dante Olson did break Vince Huntsberger's all time tackle record, but they used his playoff stats from that too. So what I was saying is Vince Huntsberger, of course, would still hold the record if they went back and didn't count the playoff stats. So Dante did break it. Long story short, Jace Lewis, um, he's going to be in the mix for a lot of tackles this year. But you're right, when it comes to the spring, I think that they're going to give Jace Lewis um, obviously good looks. I'm curious in the second halves of these games, despite the result of where the games are at, how far out of hand they might be, how much they put the gas down in the third and fourth quarters. And I think when we're talking about this, though, the opponents as well, they're not going to give in. So maybe we will see three to four quarters out of a Jace Lewis um, during these games. But for questions and discussions like me and you are going to have, it's more fun to talk about the depth down the line because those are the question marks that we want to find out in the fall with this squad. We know Jace Lewis. He's a proven commodity. Robbie Howe, proven commodity. Gavin Robertson, same thing. Also, and this could be a conversation for a different day as well, but the third safety spot this year to me is also something to watch out for too um, with the departure of a Sandry um, and to see guys maybe like Nash Fausch get in the mix as well. So that can be a conversation for a different day, but there's a couple of interesting spots here on the defensive depth chart that we'll talk about. I mean, I think that Nash Fausch, see, this is where college football is so fascinating because oftentimes we want to talk about the guys that you lose and guys that you lose, especially when they're really talented and they play a lot of football, a guy like Josh Sandry, I mean, he just, he knew what he was doing. And so that's, it's hard to replace those game reps, but also 
a lot of times you can have guys step in that are just more talented. Nash, Josh Sanders is good, but Nash Fouch has real talent. I mean, he was a three-star recruit coming out of Woodenville, uh, Washington, and I, I've always thought he's got great ball skills. I think that Sandry, he deserves so much credit for sacrificing to play a spot that maybe wasn't his ideal spot. He struggled with that angle for multiple years, uh, but what they want that ro- that that sort of rover spot to be is a guy that's long, that has good ball skills, you know, a guy that can hawk interceptions. That's what they want out of that spot, and that's what Fouch I think can maybe even be an upgrade. So. That could be an interesting fold. It is Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, broadcasting with me, Coulter Nuanas. We do this each and every day on 1029 ESPN Missoula from 4 to 6 Mountain Standard Time. We're on Eastern Time right now. That's been throwing me off all week long. But thanks so much to all of our great sponsors for bringing us down here, as well as thanks so much to our great sponsors who will continue to be a part of our Grizz football coverage through the spring as well through the next month here or so. Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team, they are the official realtors of Grizzly Athletics. Wahlberg team has more than four decades of experience in western Montana. They work as a family team to help you fill your real estate needs. Brent and his team, proud supporters of Grizzly Sports, and they also proudly reinvest time and commission money into our local economy every year. They serve all over western Montana, residential, land, investment, and commercial Check out Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team for all of your real estate needs today. There's another interesting fold here, Riley, is that there's a, a group of guys that have been on campus as freshmen that have never played, right? They they got to report last year, and then they were like part of this pseudo fall ball, another part of this spring ball. And there, there's some guys that were, they were pretty talented guys that signed a while ago. And then I, I think that a lot of those guys have even gotten they're, they're like kind of the forgotten group. How do they fit into the mix? I, I, a couple of names that I remember I thought were good players watching their film when they first signed Rishi Daniels, the safety out of the Seattle area. I thought that the couple of the the skill players Xavier Harris, running back Aaron Fonte, so I know had a great game in the spring. I thought those guys were a great package deal. They both had some Mountain West interest. I know Fonte's got offered by Colorado State late. So I didn't get a chance to go to the spring game. I only watched it. Do do you remember any of those guys standing out? Is there any freshmen that you've been hearing rumblings about that are sort of that group of guys that have been with the team for a while but actually haven't ever got to play college football? There's a couple of categories here that I guess there's two that I mainly want to talk about. And, yes, those freshmen that – I mean, the class was so awesome. And to me, the guy that sticks out from there is Acho So. Because every single time where it's either you're popping around and saying, okay, well, what's going on? Who, who's, a, who's maybe a diamond in the rough? Who's someone to watch out for that can compete right away? It is Acho So. And he looked the part right away coming in. And also, Coulter, another category I want to bring into this is the transfers that the Grizz got that also maybe haven't even been integrated into the system quite yet or, or been on campus. But a guy that falls into that cat, that category for me is Justin Ford. And yeah. that also goes back to the cornerback room. I guess what I'm getting at here is the depth and the talent that has been brought in there. I mean, when Coach Houck started 
the quarterback position was made up of former wide receivers and guys that really didn't have much experience there. And all of a sudden, now you are loaded with talent with a guy like Acho So, Justin Ford. They do like Aaron Fonts. I think that he's someone that is going to only strengthen that wide receiver room that continues to just get more um, depth behind it. Xavier Harris, as you said, they mentioned that Oxner and California connection is uh, pretty rampant. That's for sure. I know we talked about Carson Rosted, but he also falls into this category too for a freshman that is just kind of get settled in. So as far as those diamonds in the rough, though, Acho So is someone that stood out. Um, you mentioned Rishi Daniels. Uh, Asher Croy, I also think um, the Bozeman product, I saw him when I went to practice, and he was getting some second team reps already. So um, those are a couple guys I think on the surface that stand out. Um, it's really going to be interesting as we've talked about and are going to talk about the opt-outs um, with, with the guys that are actually competing in the spring to how these games are actually uh, managed from a play count standpoint and, and from a, okay, who's going to be in certain times, how far the ones and the twos are in, but there's so many loaded talented freshmen, but I'm going more than anything else, Golter. I'm going to the second because um, you see corner and safety, there's a lot of good positions um, and a lot of talent there at those two spots for sure. I mean, I've said that all along. Montana, I mean, testament to their willingness to sacrifice for the team, but Justin Calhoun and Darian Nash were not – they're they're good players. They were solid, but they weren't the the high-level corner that Montana needs to run the scheme. That's, the, that's where I'm so interested. That was what I was trying to articulate at the beginning of this is – if my, if the corners are true lockdown guys that can play man to man or can play cover two, they can they can really shut down a side of the field. Then that changes everything that's in the middle of the defense because now your pass rush gets better all of a sudden. You don't have to sacrifice some of your interior line that has just guys that eat up blocks. All of a sudden now you can maybe get some pressure in the interior of the pocket. And all that could just completely change the way that Montana operates offensively. We're going to talk a lot more about Grizz football, Bobcat football, Big Sky Conference football, all the above. By the way, over the weekend, I think UC Davis swept the national awards because they scored, what, 73? 73. They hung that on Cal Poly. Nice in a rivalry game, huh? Woof. Bo Baldwin's probably so happy he's back in the big sky. But you know Bo Baldwin will get a roll. Be interesting to see how that all works out. Uh, Illinois State, they started this thing 1-3. and three. They've already opted out. And so that's going to be an interesting fold as well. You have to wonder how many teams say, hey, we got some games in. I don't really feel like doing it anymore. So we'll see how that all plays out as well. But we'll give you more updates across spring football for the Bobcats, the Grizzlies, the Big Sky Conference, and everybody else involved. Any last thoughts here on Grizz football? Well, I think for Grizz football, obviously, the Montana's ramping up, and that brings me to the interesting dichotomy of all of this because the spring, there were two, two big obstacles that they had to overcome, and I'm talking the FCS in general. Number one, COVID and trying to just play games. And number two, this situation because now it gets messy and not only for the teams Coulter that are opting out how about the teams they're supposed to play that need wins for their resume right now Illinois State their final four games are all against playoff contenders that's one fewer opportunity for a win there so I think it's important to know we're getting excited now for Grizz games and Bobcat practice to get going as well here in the state of Montana whereas maybe now from an FCS national standpoint what how many teams can be excited at this point maybe 20 because that have a chance to go on or to win a modified conference championship so that's fascinating to me as well I know we're we're really going to dive in but 
I think the, the early indications are that maybe the Montana schools got it right with the way that they're deciding that. That's a conversation for a different day or to be continued down the road. Nuwana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula Statewide Television, SWX Montana, coming to you live from Indianapolis, Indiana. Tanner Groves, the Big Sky Conference MVP, the Big Sky Conference Tournament MVP, and certainly the MVP of yesterday's game. He scored a career-high 35 points in Eastern Washington's 91-83 loss to third-seeded Kansas. The Big Sky Champs, great fight by them, great effort by Tanner Groves. We'll hear from him next, the press conference after the game, uh, right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Thanks to all of our great sponsors for getting us to Boise last week, Indianapolis this week, and for sponsoring all of our Grizz football and Bobcat football, all of our spring football coverage as well, including Nick Tabor and Westpac Wealth. Why build a work history and a job when you can build a future in your own business? Westpac Wealth Partners is looking for entrepreneurial-minded people who are ready to take their future into their own hands. At Westpac Wealth, Nick Tabor and his associates provide their clients with financial tools and tested solutions for navigating this complex financial climate. Westpac offers a competitive compensation package, elite training, and a work culture that's been recognized as a best workplace in Fortune magazine. If you're ready to start building a business in a long-term career, contact Nick at 728-6708. That's 406-728-6708 or apply at westpacwealth.com. Tanner Groves on Nuanas Now right after this. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Montana, it's a traveling radio show. When we were just broadcasting, we were over on one of the state streets. Now we're sitting downtown, Lucas Oil Stadium, live and in person, watching LSU take on Michigan under eight media timeout. The eight-seeded Tigers lead the Michigan Wolverines 29-21. Listening in to Nuanez Now on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe watching in statewide SWX Montana television. We're not there, we're here. We are in Indianapolis. Our tournament takeover continues. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, Coulter Nuanez, broadcasting now live from Lucas Oil Stadium. It's been a hell of a week, hell of a weekend. 13th game. We're hitting one more tonight after this show is over. We don't have any time for that. we got to get to the Big Sky Conference MVP and certainly the MVP of yesterday's Big Sky Conference game between Eastern Washington and Kansas. Eastern took Kansas down the wire. They end up losing by eight points, but a great effort by the Eagles. And in the, t- in the span of that game, Tanner Groves not only had uh, an affirmative and solidifying performance, but also maybe the breakout performance of this NCAA tournament. 35 points for the Eastern Washington junior big man, a career high, and to my knowledge, the highest point total we've seen in this tournament so far, period. Actually, I guess Luka Garza had 38 against Oregon today, but only a couple 30-point games have been had. Um, Drew... Uh, Drew Tilly from um, Gonzaga had a 30-point game that we watched earlier today as well. But needless to say, an outstanding effort from Tanner Groves, the big sky regular season and tournament MVP. And on cue, Michigan with a huge bucket. That's their outstanding big man. 
Mr. Dickinson, not Dave, but a different one. Uh, either way, we don't have any time for any of this. Taylor Groves, Big State Conference 72. Here's his thoughts after Eastern Washington's narrow loss to Kansas at the NCAA tournament on Saturday here in Indianapolis. To listen to Nuanez now on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Tanner, obviously a career high a night for you. It didn't, uh, sorry, Brenna Green from Two Sports. Tanner, obviously a career high uh, for you tonight. Just, um, you know, obviously you don't get the win, but just how does it feel to ball out on this national stage and, and represent your school and also basketball in Spokane? Oh, man, it's it's honestly so incredible. Um, I'm honestly just so blessed to be here. Um, I got great teammates that were fighting me all game, and um, I was knocking shots down. I was feeling good, but, um, you know, we come up short, but that's all right. Um, I was just really happy with the performance that our team, you know, put together today for the most part. Um, you know, the, we only lost by double digits, and, you know, it was a dogfight the entire game. Um, so, I mean, it feels really cool that, you know, we were able to, you know, keep it pretty close here with Kansas and, and make it a game, give them a little bit of a scare. And, and, you know, I played pretty well. And that's just all credit to my teammates and coaches, you know. Um, it's just been such a fun season. And, you know, I'm, I'm already excited um, for next year. Next question, we go to Dennis Patchen. Please unmute yourself, Dennis. Sorry about that. Uh, Dennis Patchen from KHQ. Tanner, uh, when do you feel good about this season? Um, yeah, I mean, the loss will definitely, you know, sting for a few days. But, you know, I'm, I'm li really looking forward to, you know, just getting back home, relaxing, having a little bit of time off. And, and uh, just taking a little bit of time to reflect. Um, you know, I think this year, you know, we were projected to be number one seed out of the big sky, um, and we ended up winning the whole conference, just like we were projected to. And then we came in and, you know, gave one of the better teams in the nation a game until the very end. Um, so, you know, I'm just, I'm just so proud of my teammates and, and uh, coaches and everyone in the program. And, and yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to sting for a little bit, but at the end of the day, you know, you just got to be, you just got to be happy with, um, you know, our effort today. I think, you know, we, we went out there and, and performed pretty well for the most part. And, and we played hard the entire 40 minutes. So you just got to be, you got to be uh, proud about that. Next question, we'll go to Keith. Hi, Keith. Oso KXOY. Uh, Tanner, what are you going to remember about this game? Do you think will it be, you know, the, the quick start up at half? disappointing at the end like what do you suppose is going to stick out to you uh i i just think it's going to stick out like just how how hard we played you know i mean i, I touched on it in the last couple of questions but you know like i said I, i'm just so so proud of our guys i mean we, we just played so hard we battled all game um you know we tied with a, a much bigger team on the rebounds which is pretty impressive um if you think about it and you know i'm just I'm just really happy, you know. I'm looking at the statue over here right now and just seeing a whole bunch of things. But, but yeah, I mean, I think just from this game, it's just going to be how tough we played and how hard we played. And, you know, I just love all these guys on the team, and I couldn't be more proud to represent Eastern Washington and, and be from Spokane and represent Spokane. And, you know, I just, I'm just so proud of, um, you know, how we played today. And, you know, it didn't, didn't go the way that we wanted, obviously, but, um, you know, I'm always just going to remember, you know, this, this team in general this year is, you know, only two other teams 
in in Eastern's history have have done what we what we did this year. So I mean, at the end of the day, you just got to be incredibly proud of of our program, of our program, uh, coaches and players, of just you know how we performed all season long. Next question, we'll go to Karthik. Hey, Tanner, it's Karthik from Crem2 Sports over in Spokane. Um, I'm sure this is disappointing, and you're not looking too much into the future, uh, but you did mention, you know, looking forward to next year and getting back out on the court. You guys are going to be returning basically, you know, all the key players except for Jack Perry and Jacob Davison next season and likely to be the favorite once again. I mean, you know, how much does that drive you going to the next season and having this experience since the NCAA tournament to, you know, have a shot to do this again next year? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you you actually heard it here first, but uh, you know Jack Jack Perry's he's going to come back for some more next year. Um, I'm really happy about that because he's he's an incredibly heady guard, one of my best friends on the team, one of my roommates, and definitely looking forward to playing another year with that guy. So he'll he'll be back. But but yeah, I mean we're we're returning a whole bunch of guys. You know we got a lot of guys, a lot of key players coming back, and you know from what I see, I mean. The, the ceiling is, is so high for us. Um, it's incredibly high. Uh, we just got a, we got a ton of hoopers on the team. We got a ton of guys, ton of young guys um, that are just really incredible. You know, you only you only saw 17 seconds of a few guys there on the bench, like Steel Venters. You know, I expect Steel to to you know come in next year and and be one of the one of the better scorers in our whole entire league. You know, I, I think we got a ton of guys. Coaches have done an unbelievable job of recruiting. You know for our team this year and and for the guys coming in and you know I, I think we're definitely going to be dangerous next year and I'm really looking forward to next season already you know I, I love basketball so much I love my team so much and you know I just can't wait to get it going again next question goes to John Blanchett uh, Tanner I know you're oblivious to this kind of thing during the game in the heat of the moment are you prepared for all the folk hero stuff that you're going to encounter out on social media now <laughs> you're blowing up yeah um i mean yeah i'll have to see i know i looked at my phone a little bit i saw all the notifications and you know it's kind of funny but you know um i've just worked so hard up until this moment um in my whole basketball career in my life um and i'm just i just couldn't be thankful for you know that the people that have pushed me to be there you know my my parents have been so huge and my brother um, and my even my younger brother, he was in the stands today. I was happy to see a whole family. My girlfriend's been awesome. Um, grandparents, everyone, you know. Um, it's pretty crazy, pretty surreal that um, I'm getting, you know, a lot of publicity from all this. But um, I, I think I'm just going to continue to be myself and um, continue to, you know, be humble and be proud and, and grateful um, that I that I get to play at such an such an awesome university and get to play for great coaches and play for a great program with you know some of my best friends out there um so at the end of the day yeah it's pretty cool but you know i'll probably look past it a little bit and i mean i'll probably you know enjoy it for a little bit but you know at the end of the day um i just got to be grateful for what i got next question goes to jesse newell hey tanner jesse newell from the kansas city star um Looked like Coach Phil Self found you after the game. What did he share with you? Yeah, he just said, you know, he just said um, he had a lot of respect for my brother and I. Said, you know, we we had a heck of a game. Um, we both did, um, and you know, it's it's really cool to get some some crazy recognition like that from you know one of the 
one of the premier coaches in, in the entire NCAA. Um, you know, I didn't really think about it at the time, but because I always usually do that, I always go up to the other coach. You know, even with all the COVID, I'll always go up to him and, and I always got to, you know, show respect to my opponent. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of cool. It's really surreal that, you know, Coach Self, you know, came up to me and said he respected, you know, my, my performance today. And, you know, I, I'm just thankful for, you know, the opportunities that, um, we got today. So that was really cool. Next question goes to Kevin McCaskill Jr. Yes, Kevin McCaskill Jr., FP Sports, uh, Springfield, Mass. Uh, what was the most important thing that you did in the offseason that led to your, your spike in production this year? Yeah, I think the most important thing was, um, you know, obviously it was, it was a COVID year and our uh, postseason tournament got canceled. So I moved back in with my parents. My brother did as well. And, you know, that was probably one of my biggest assets is that I had my brother at home with me. So, you know, I had, I had a guy that was really willing to rebound for me and um, willing to, you know, compete with me every day, um, whatever we were doing, shooting, playing one-on-one, -on -one, all that. Um, my parents were always out there in the driveway with us rebounding. Um, my little brother, Dylan, he was always out there too, um, which was real cool. But, um, you know, being at home, just the biggest thing for me was um, I just knew that I had to have an edge um, going into the offseason, given that um, the player of the year um, of the big sky was playing, playing ahead of me, and I had to take his position. So I knew that I had huge shoes to fill, and a lot of credit to my man Mason Peeling, who, you know, had an unbelievable year, 2019-2020 um, 20, uh, year. And uh, so I knew I had a huge uh, shoes to fill. Um, and so, yeah, I just put my head down. I grinded as hard as I could. Um, did all the at-home workouts I could do. I always had a ball in my hand every single day of um, the quarantine. And that was probably the biggest thing was just the ball in my hand. Um, and I just, you know, worked on my skills and did everything I could do. Final question goes to Karthik. Hey, Tanner, uh, this one's a more lighthearted question, but uh, on social media, which I'm sure you haven't gotten much of a chance to look at, people have been comparing you to uh, your look to Bill Walton and uh, Will Ferrell from Semi-Pro. Which <laughs> one of those comparisons do you like more? I like the Will Ferrell one the best because, you know, I've always loved Will Ferrell growing up. Uh, Step Brothers is probably one of my favorite movies ever. Um, and, yeah, <laughs> that's that's really funny. But, you know, if you haven't if you haven't looked them up, Look up Lil Dicky too. A lot of people compare me to that guy too. Um, but no, nah, that's yeah, it's all fun and games. And yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, it's just basketball is obviously a game. It brings so many people together, and um, you just gotta love the environment of March Madness and everything. And you know, it's it's really cool. Um, that's that's hilarious. So I, I'll, I'll have to check that out. But yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Tanner, for your time today. Thank you, guys. <sighs> Go, Tanner Groves, the Big Sky Conference regular season and tournament MVP, and a standout for Eastern Washington as the Eagles took Kansas down the wire before falling to the third seed of Jayhawks. 91-83, Groves a career high, 35 points.
listen to Nuanez now on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Or maybe you're watching statewide television, SWX Montana. About a minute and 34 seconds left. LSU versus Michigan. Tigers clinging to a 40-39 lead. It's been an up-and-down affair. It's been a fun one so far. We'll take you home right here on Nuanez now. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, with me, Colter Nuanez. Give you a couple more tournament thoughts before we make our way back to the great state of Montana back after this. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home Michigan, the team that knocked out the Montana Grizzlies in each of the last two NCAA tournaments, leads LSU 42-40, 18.8 seconds left in the first half here in Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm Coulter Nuanez, Riley Corcoran, boys of the Grizz. It's been our tournament takeover. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 